0: The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money
1: Let's get to our guest, Abhilash Narayan, who is Senior Investment Strategist at Standard Chartered Wealth Management. Abhilash, thanks very much for joining us. Um, So all of this action here from the Bank of Japan, um, we've been canvassing uh, clients and and guests on the program today on whether or not they think that makes uh, Japan look more attractive or less attractive going forward. Your thoughts on that level?
0: Well, absolutely. I mean, if you look at the the announcement yesterday, it, it did uh, come as a, as a big shock to to investors. And we can see that from the reaction of bond as well as FX markets. But I think uh, at the margin, it does make Japanese fixed income markets a bit more attractive. Now, we see two potential implications uh, of, of yesterday's move. First one is, uh, you know, it just solidifies the the tighter monetary conditions or the tighter monetary policies from various central banks. So we could see a, a knock on impact and higher yields in US and European government bond markets. So, you know, we won't be surprised if treasuries move towards, uh, you know, 4% over the next few weeks. Uh, And the second impact is we think that we could see more uh, flows uh, back into Japanese markets. Uh, I mean, we know Japanese investors are large holders of fixed income globally. Uh, And, you know, with the latest move, uh, Japanese fixed income is becoming more attractive. So, for instance, uh, if you look at uh, the hedged yield of uh, U.S. Treasuries today for Japanese investors versus the JGB yield, Japanese investors uh, get a 160 basis point pickup uh, versus the hedged U.S. Treasury. So it is becoming more attractive. In fact, you know, uh, JGBs offer a higher hedge yield as compared to U.S. uh, IG corporate bonds. So we could start to see incremental rotation back into Japanese uh, fixed income markets, uh, you know. But that isn't a slam dunk because while we've seen a lot of policy normalization in U.S., you know, it's it's just starting in, in Japan, to be honest. Yeah. And to your point, what's going on here in terms of the bigger picture? Is the ground being prepared for a new Bank of Japan governor in April? And that kind of relates to our Bloomberg question of the day. When will Japan exit negative rates? When's that going to happen? Well, uh, that's, that's that's a tough question to answer. I think uh, one thing we know about Bank of Japan is like, unlike the Fed and the ECB, which uh, tend to uh, you know, favor giving forward guidance to markets. Bank of Japan has been one of the banks where you know the prize has been at the order of the day. So it's it's difficult to predict, but it's likely that we won't exit the negative rates uh, in Japan at least uh, till Governor Kuroda's term ends. But you know, it's it's still early days. Uh, while uh, Governor Kuroda did emphasize that this was a one-off technical move, uh, we'll get a, a better picture or better clarity in in the the next meeting from Bank of Japan on 18th of January.
1: In any case, uh, we're coming into a year that uh, will probably be nervous times for a lot of people. Uh, I I see from your notes that you think it's a good time to to play it safe and and you like um, exposure to high quality bonds. Um, Where would you be targeting some fresh money at the moment?
0: Well, uh, you're absolutely right. So we have turned overweight on bonds, uh, both, you know, government bonds, as well as I.G. corporate bonds. Uh, and, and we think that given the backdrop that uh, there is an elevated risk of recession, from a risk management perspective, it does make sense to to turn a bit more defensive. Uh, within bonds, uh, we do have a preference for, for Asian dollar bonds. And we also think that Uh, US Treasury yields should decline in 2023. So you could see a bit more capital gains uh, from US Treasuries as well. So, you know, we wouldn't take very concentrated bets. We we still favor diversification. But uh, at the margin, we do favor Asian dollar bonds over over developed market counterparts.
1: Uh, The 210
0: is still deeply inverted. When do you see that changing? well it's it's unlikely to to go back into the positive territory anytime soon at least until we start seeing fed start uh, you know cutting rates uh, in in a more aggressive fashion but we do think that the that the Inversion could soften. So while we are at close to 80 basis points uh, in the inverted territory, in 2023, we should start to see that uh, normalize a bit. Uh, and one of the key reasons why we think uh, that is going to happen is because we expect the Fed to cut rates uh, cumulatively by around 75 basis points in the second half of 2022. So that should be you know, a, a major factor in bringing the two-year yields lower and, and reducing the inversion that we are seeing right now.
1: So we often talk a lot about China on this program, but I have to say that uh, the Bank of Japan has uh, kind of stolen the thunder uh, from China. We've been talking so much about Japan this morning. Let's talk a little bit about what's happening with the, um, the Chinese economy here as they uh, change policy on their approach to COVID. Sam Fazzelli, a, a Bloomberg intelligence um, analyst, the chief pharmaceutical analyst, uh, is saying that the death toll likely could hit 700,000 now. Because um, uh, COVID will be running through the population, and a study by uh, another team of researchers in Hong Kong puts the figure at almost one million. Are these numbers significant enough to really, really disrupt the reopening, or are we going to see the uh, the Chinese
0: economy, you
1: know, really change before our very eyes in the shorter term?
0: Well, that's 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 a great question, and I, I think this is something we've been debating a lot uh, as well now in our assessment we think that the uh, the path to reopening is unlikely to be a linear one we will see some bumps around the road uh, and as far as the number of deaths and the projections there are concerned i think it, it also depends a lot on on what do you use as a definition for covid related deaths and we've seen you know varying uh, definitions being used by different participants but clearly there will be an impact on the economy and we think that you know there is a risk that the optimism that we've seen around Chinese assets be it equities and bonds uh, recently could take a sort of step back investors may reassess whether China is committed to reopening or not and see it is a process that will take a few months Uh, it's not going to happen within two weeks or four weeks so we will see uh, ebbs and flows we will see potentially a a pullback in Chinese equities when investors become concerned about uh, the magnitude of of infection spread in in China but if you have a 6 to 12 month horizon we would be buyers on the depths. So we think that Chinese stocks are quite beaten down. We are, we think Chinese bonds are quite beaten down. And, and we see attractive uh, risk premium uh, embedded in both these asset classes. So uh, we like both Chinese equities as well as Asian dollar bonds, where Chinese issuers are around 50% of the universe. Uh, what's a realistic expectation around Chinese growth for the next 12 months? Well, uh, a lot depends on, on how quickly China reopens. Uh, but we also have to keep in mind that you know China is a, a large exporter and we are going to see slowdown in US and Europe. So we are, we are assigning a 75% probability of a recession in, in US and Europe over the next 12 months. So there are a number of variables, but we, we think that Chinese growth should be above 4%. Uh, in, in 2023. And if you do see a faster reopening, uh, a soft landing in, in US and in Europe, it is, it is possible that we end up seeing growth that's closer to 5%. But yeah. uh, right now, it's it's a bit too early to, to give more concrete figures.
1: I know you like some contrarian calls. Um, do you think it's possible that we see recession in the United States, but we don't see a big spike in unemployment? And we don't see a, a huge rise in defaults?
0: Well, uh, uh, never say never. It is certainly possible. But if you look at history, right, if you look at past U.S. recessions since 1970s, uh, we did an analysis. And what that showed was that uh, whenever unemployment rate starts to rise in the U.S., especially around the times of recession, uh, Hmm. usually it rises by over 2%. So, you know, uh, while uh, Fed is projecting that unemployment rate will peak at 4.6%, which is just 1% higher from where we are today, uh, yeah. history shows that, that that is very difficult to achieve. So, yeah, it
1: could go that. higher. Yeah, Abhilash, thanks so much for joining us. A really interesting commentary. Abhilash Narin, their senior investment strategist at Standard Chartered Wealth Management. Hi, I'm Ron Kraszewski, chairman and CEO of Steeple. Financial advisors, let's face it if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. There's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE.
0: What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you?